Uh, Daryl has said, uh, I like Alex, so I'm going to leave my question here. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Russell Saunders. He's a retired lawyer. And also a volunteer at some of the museums around town, now that he's retired. Okay, apparently you didn't get that reference. Yield? It's Kindergarten Cop. I get the reference. Okay. <laughs> oh, was that the reference? I don't get the reference. It's, it's, uh... It's, it's Arnold. You are listening to Trophy Horse. With your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. everybody, and welcome to Trophy Yours. This is episode 446. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, is Alex. I am the ghost of Tsushima. Have you beaten the game? No, I've earned the rank of ghost, but I'm I'm basically five Jin's Journey story missions away from the end. I've, I've beaten all, or completed all the side missions, the, um, the tales, the mythic tales, as well as the tales of... Tsushima, so all I gotta do is Jin's main story missions, the the gold little emblems, and I'm done. Yeah, I did notice that uh, you, when I was putting your trophies into the agenda, I did notice that uh, you were getting close to it. Yep, I've only got two more story-related trophies to get, and one of them is just beat the, the con, so. Also with us, he brings the awesome I yield to no one. Yeah, a little behind-the-scenes story here. Tricky tried to rob us of a win. I didn't try to rob you nothing. Oh, you absolutely did. You put your heart and soul into that. Yeah, you were like, you guys did not go 4-0. And we did go 4-0. Then we lost our next three. I thought you went 3-4. and four. Turns out you actually went 5-3. Five 5-3. And three. Five and three. But, I, but I, I went to the videotape and I corrected myself. And you did. I'm not saying you didn't. I was just saying you were trying to rob us of a couple of wins. Hi, everybody. Should have should have checked it should have checked it out last week because we we were playing pretty well. Well, I, I would say you two were playing pretty well. Homer definitely is not allowed to play goalie anymore. You know what? There was that one time when he tried to climb up the wall to go after the ball. We've all had those moments. But other than that, I mean, he's pretty reliable in goal. I mean, I know it makes Yield kind of nervous, but, I mean, we all have those. When we're in goal, we all have those ones that we go, we bite on. We maybe come out of the goal a little bit too far, we bite a little too early, and they lob it over our heads, and, you know, it's it's a bad day. Oh, hold on a second. Let, let me just say a phrase and just ask, let's see if it just brings up any P- PTSD with you. Oh, I got it, I got it. Oh, it's over my head. I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, that went over my head. <laughs> that went over my head. <laughs> That's all I heard from Homer all night. I got it. I got it. Oh, no, went over my head. There was a couple times that happened, and I'm like, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> and then I, I love when you yelled at him. He went, Homer. He goes, oh, I thought I could hit the ball. You're supposed to be in goal. I thought I could get it. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun watching them. Oh, now, like, I, I was also another behind the scenes thing. Week one, we heard one person. Week two, we heard two people. Let's try for three people next week. We're shooting for three week three. 
Uh, for some reason, Alex just his mic just did not work or wasn't working. Didn't have no. It works because we communicated fine between the three of us. It just didn't come through on the stream. And now in, uh, in week four, there will be four voices, hopefully. All right. Yeah, well, Levi said he was going to get on Rocket League when it goes free to play, so maybe he'll be the fourth. There you go. Oh, Tricky was talking about himself. Yeah, because uh, we can't trust Levi anymore. Hey, don't be talking about the president. He gave you your legitimate points. He explained it. He was, there was, um, God damn it, transparency. There you go. He was transparent about the point system in the Be Legit League, and he told you why you scored those points that he gave you last week that you were questioning on the show. His post actually says, Tricky, you got your point for both NASCAR Heat and the LEGO game. LEGO in March and NASCAR in July. NASCAR only counts as one point, not one point per season. Telltale has not been disqualified, but if you did what you said you were going to do, beat 20 of them in a, with a cheat, I would disqualify them. I won't let a game slide if it has to beat twice a year. The Last of Us 2, for example, but this would be a one-time thing for each contestant, and it's definitely a rare exception I'm willing to make if, to keep, if it keeps the folks happy. And last, remember, Be Legit was created to avoid all these loopholes, so stop looking for them and just have fun. Exactly. See? If people would spend more time just playing the eight-hour game than trying to find a loophole to get extra points? Well, no. I What he's talking about with the Telltale games was I told him what I did during the Trophy War. Because it's very clear that somebody who is going to remain nameless, is doing the exact same thing. And I pointed out to him, I said, if you want to count these games, that's perfectly fine. I said, but if I'm going to catch up and to be legit, I'm going to do it again. Because I have 20 Telltale games that I could play, and I can knock them all out in less than a week. I don't understand how you still have more Telltale games to play after that trophy war, but whatever. Because I could always get by, go, go buy a 360 and an Xbox One and do it all over again. See, okay, you gave yield shit for owning an Xbox, but here we go again with, oh, I'll buy, I'll buy an Xbox just to beat it, to win a competition. Absolutely. But I'm not going to do that because I'm not a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater like somebody else I know. No, you're just a fool because you'll go out and buy a console to win a bragging rights competition. No, no, no. I'll, I'll go rent a console from GameStop. Better hurry because they're closing. And return, with it, return the console and the games within a week. All right, so uh, we do have some questions. We did have a guest. Uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm going to remain. The, the guest is going to be, be remain nameless at this point because one time we're going to get this person on the show, and I wanted to be surprised. Uh, the person said that they might be able to hop on later in the show. If they do, then obviously you know you'll hear their voice. I will introduce you. Uh, but with that being said, let's go into our updated trophy count. I am level 56, total trophies of 13,201 with 244 platinums. Alex. Level 31, total trophy count of 7,025, and a platinum count of 104 in 103 games. Hoping to add one within the next couple weeks. Hoping to add a platinum. And, uh, yeah, because I'm at 70% of the trophies in Ghost of Tsushima, so. Yield your trophy, sir. Level 30, with a trophy count of 6,705, and a platinum count of 110. I'm still in Act 1. Of Ghost of Tsushima. 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 There you go. I I feel like some of the characters in the games actually say the name of the island differently than others. Like, sometimes I feel like Jin pronounces the T for some reason. Yeah, I, I remember watching uh, the state of play for Ghost of Tsushima, 
And I question it's like, have we been, all been saying the name wrong the entire time? I mean, I think I don't think we've been. Well, I guess we kind of technically have been saying the name wrong. I think that uh, the infamous emphasis was in the wrong place. I think that we were putting the emphasis on the the Sioux part, where it's more in the the Shima part. Well, I, I okay. now I'm obviously I'm not a uh, I'm not fluent in Japanese or anything, but you're barely you fluent back, in English. When you go back to uh, the Mortal Kombat days. Uh, a lot of people used to say the name Shang Tsung, and then we found out the name was actually Shang Tsung. So it's my understanding that in the Japanese language, when there's a T right before an S, the T is silent. Like General Sao's chicken. Right. Which is probably at this point more American than Chinese, but... Sid is level 41, total trophies of 9,876 with a plaque count of 171. All right, gentlemen, what have you been playing? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Thursday nights, Yield and I play with Homer over on the Rocket League on Twitch. So come check us out. Very happy with the results this week. One more than we lost. We were five and three. Pretty solid night overall. Competitive in almost every game. So well, that, that's only because you you didn't want to end on a losing note. Well, yeah. Who wants to end on a losing note? I don't want to end on a sour note. Yeah, especially especially when you get beat. Especially that that first one we lost. That one that would have been our last game we lost. We lost in overtime. Yes, Yield definitely had a banner week this week. He was crushing it out there, scoring goals all over the place. Had our until he ran goal. into a set of boobs. What? Until he ran into a set of boobs. Oh, that wasn't just me. It was all of us. Yeah, we we lost that dude's team. That guy had like eight hundred points in one game. So I, I was I was gonna make the joke on Twitter and Facebook. It's like these guys are doing good until they ran into a set of boobs. Oh, you could have. I'd have been. I'd have. I'd totally admitted that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was no lie. We, I was sitting there during the game, going, "That one guy is beating all three of us." Uh, for anybody with context, uh, you know, so it doesn't sound sexualized. There was a guy that they were playing with. I think they played two games in a row against the guy, and his name was I like boobs. Yep, pretty straightforward. No, and that's that's a joke. Yeah, nothing lost in that message. No, nope. but um, so Rocket League's on Thursday, but rest of the week focuses on. Ghost of Tsushima, trying to finish that out. I'm in the third act. I am five missions away, five Jin's journey missions away from the end of the game. So I am, I'm not gonna be able to finish it tonight, but within the next few days, I should be able to get at least close. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a contender for game of the year. I think it's the best game that Sony has published in a long time. I will put it over Uncharted 4. I will put it over The Last of Us Part 2. Um, gameplay wise, Shame like I said you, before, sir. They like aesthetically, the world is beautiful. They like it's just a world you want to like just stop and stare and just take a lot of pictures in. Combat is super fun. I love the standoffs. I love the duels, which are kind of like the boss battles of the game. And you know, I I just love the entire combat system. And the one kind of thing that I mentioned before that like the story aspect was one I wasn't as hot on. But as the game has unfolded, I think Sucker Punch has done a lot better job of kind of fleshing these characters out. Like all all of your your people, your friends along the way, your allies, like they're pretty well fleshed out because they're very much juxtaposed as a like against the the samurais. Because like Lord Shimura, who is your uncle in the game, he's very much like the samurai. He ha he adheres to the system. He's almost as a, in a form like robotic because his his thought process is just adhering to the code. It's kind of like like someone just being like given orders and told what to do. Like we've seen in America here with our our jackass president, but. With Jin, as he becomes a ghost, 
you see more of his thought process come out. So he's not ad- as adherent to the samurais. More of his personality comes out, and he actually weighs the cost and benefits and the consequences of his actions. He's just not like, well, this is the code, and I gotta follow it. He's very much, he has his own moral system still. So, I mean, he still protects the weak. He still, you know, he he doesn't go after women and children. Um, he's very much a hero, like, he becomes kind of like a hero to some, but like a, like a villain or like some kind of monster to other people because his legend grows and, you know, the ghost is kind of a, a scary being because to some, because he's so powerful and he can do so much by the end of the game, like, you're you're a fucking badass. But Jin has his own morale system, but you see more of the, by protect the island of Tsushima and the people by any means necessary, which, you know, he goes to a little bit more brutality and a little bit more sneakiness and stealthiness than say the samurai would, and so as Jin evolves into this into the ghost, you see a lot more of his personality come out, and I think it's great, especially when you oppose that to his uncle, because his uncle's very stoic. His uncle's kind of boring and almost not a villain, but just a guy that you really can't get behind, because it's like you're not actually protecting the people, you're protecting the code, and here's this villain, these enemies, these invaders, the Mongols, which will do anything, do horrific acts to your people, and. You know, the first scene in the game, the samurai is Jin and his uncle are charging the the beach where the the invaders are coming in, and you are trying to defeat them. You are you're um, like the line of defense of Tsushima against the Mongol invaders, and you pretty much get all wiped out to the point where most of the people on the island think the samurai are gone because they were killed by the Mongols. But that was important, more important than we could have known in setting up the rest of the story because it shows you that the samurai code is not what's needed to beat the Mongols. It's Jin as the ghost that is needed to beat the Mongols and their brutality. And that's why Sucker Punch is not necessarily giving you a decision to become a ghost. It is, this is Jin's evolution to the ghost, and you're watching. Because Jin is necessary to beat the Mongols. He needed to take that turn in order to win the war. So, I love what they've done with the characters. Like I said, some of the characters, you know, from the start, you see, like, a lot of, not only their goodness, but their darkness come out. Like, just just like any person, there are there's lightness and darkness to all of us. But, like, Norio and Yuna and Masako, um, Ishikawa and Kenji, like, they're all really good characters. All your allies, they're all, um, you just see their full range of emotions within the game. And, as, you know, I, I said that Jin was a little bit too boring for my taste and, like, because he was very stoic. As the game goes on, he becomes more of the ghost. He becomes a lot more sympathetic character. He also becomes a lot more interesting character. So I think that Sucker Punch did a really good job with his characters, more than I've given them credit for in the past. And also, just from the start, like you have to fight Kotun Khan at the beginning of the game. You can't win because you're overpowered, and it's just a means to show how strong he is compared to what you are then. And the entire game then, like it sets you up feeling weak and alone, and then as the game goes on, you're building allies, you're building an army, and then you as Jin are getting all these abilities and strengthening yourself and you're honing your combat skills to where at the end you feel like a fucking badass and you can go in and just knock down waves of Mongols and, yes, oppose the um, the, the Mongols and the Khan himself. And, like, you get stuff like you can fight with a flaming sword, which basically gives you an unblockable attack for a period of time. You know, there's you can learn... Through the mythic tales, you can learn unblockable attacks like the like the the heaven strike or the heavenly strike. So there's they, like they do a good job of setting up the story and like developing the characters, but also like in the beginning making you feel small and weak, and in the end making you feel like a fucking superhero badass. And they do it, you know, over the course of you know a long 40, 50 hour game, and it just feels natural. It feels very organic to where you're gaining enough skills along the way that it's just like okay, yes, I can do this, and so. 
Um, yeah. I mean, for now, unless anything else comes out this year that blows my mind, Ghost of Shima is my game of the year. And like I said, I think it's the best game they've put out since Horizon Zero Dawn. Sony, that is. Alright, Yield! So, I've been playing some World of Warship Legends. Uh, Rocket League. Ghost of Tsushima. I'm in Act 1. And I've been trying a couple of days to get that last trophy in Deadlight Director's Cut so I can get the Platinum. And it's frustrating and annoying and time-consuming all at the same time. All right. Uh, and I have been playing uh, the Avengers beta. Yeah, how is that? I, I, I've heard some. I've heard some mixed reviews. Okay. Uh, the only issue I've had with it, and I'm, this is a minor issue, is that when I was going through the initial story level, the same one that we saw in the demos uh, when the game was revealed, I. About every 30 to 45 seconds, a message would pop up telling me that I've been disconnected from the service to please reconnect. I was never actually disconnected. It was just a error message coming up saying that I was. Uh, talking to my friends, they said that they got the same thing, that the servers were being overloaded a little bit. But I never actually got disconnected, never had a problem with it. Uh, I, I, I am liking the fact that the way the game works is you basically have to level up every character and, you know, uh, as you go through, you get obviously better uh, equipment for your person, uh, gear. Uh, you have different skills you can unlock. So far, my favorite character, obviously, is Iron Man because you know I'm a big Iron Man fan. My least favorite is Hulk. Well, but that's a shame. I think he should be the most fun to play as. Well, that's the thing is. I like the way he plays, and I can see him being one of my favorite people. The problem is, is they need to speed up his actions just a tad because he's just a little too slow. And, and just to give you reference for it, there are certain characters that come out with shields, and the only way to break the shields, other than you know upgraded weapons from the start, is to hold down the triangle button, which is your heavy attack. And you have to hold it down on every character to break the shield. With Hulk, his action just takes a hair too long that you always get hit and stuttered before you actually break the shield. So it, it he's good, but and I can see him being fun, but they just need to speed up his actions a little bit better. Other than that, I, I'm loving the game. I went through, finished the, the beta. I unlocked the things for uh, Yields for Every Game to, uh, Fortnite. I also got, I also got the, the two beta titles. Uh, if you are interested in playing the beta, I right now it was op it was an open beta for the PS4. There's going to be another open beta for all systems, uh, starting Friday, so two days after you hear this. Uh, but as you're hearing this, you will be able to upload the sh uh, download the game to have it ready to go. Uh, it goes from my understanding, it goes from Friday. At 9 p.m. until Sunday at 9 p.m. So you'll be able to get in. So uh, yield. I know you. You know you gotta get your hamster running, but you can download the beta now. Uh, but yield. I think you said the the download was what 40 gigs. Yeah, it's like it's like well, north, it's north of 40 gigs. Because I was gonna download it. I was like, I, I heard some. I saw some things on the internet. Some people were like, oh, this game's horrible. 
but it could be the beta. I mean, and, and that was the person's response on Twitter was he was having issues with the game. I don't know if it was a control setup or something, but he was having issues. But he also was quick to point out, it is a beta. So I was like, well, at least you had the, the forethought to at least tell people that, well, it's a beta. It, it could, this could be the reason why. Anyway, I was like, well, you know what? I should check it out. So I was going to download it, and I looked at it, and it was like 47, 49 gigs. And I'm like, no, I'm not downloading a 49 gig beta. I'm just not doing it. To be fair, Yield, and I, I know how you feel. Like, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. But nowadays, when we get you download the whole, I know you're downloading the whole game, right? It's just like it's just like demos anymore. Demos, you don't download a four gig, five gig, or less file just to play a couple of levels. You download the whole game that's locked, and you play the first level. All right. Uh, Sorry, I I got thrown off by a question by Daryl for later in the show. Uh, So I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait. I know you're getting it. I saw that uh, hard rocking guy had played it, and or no, that's a throwback name. It was either him or it was Lucia. One of those two or both of them are going to probably pick it up. So I was like, you know what? I'll let you guys play it and then get your reaction from from that to determine on whether or not. Yeah, I want to go pick it up, or you know what? I'll just wait. Well, I I will tell you this, and I don't know if this will entice you to play it anymore or the beta anymore. I they did say that what you earn in the beta will translate over to the full game. Can I earn it? Can I earn it in the game as well, or is it just something specifically for the beta, or just you unlock it early in the beta? You unlock it early in the beta, so when you actually get the main game, you already have that item, comic books and whatnot. Okay. See, for me. I mean, I like Iron Man, but my Avenger is uh, Captain America and Hawkeye. And, of course, from the beta, Captain America, or from the earliest trailers, Captain America's not around. Hawkeye's going to be a DLC character. So there's not really an Avenger that is going to be in the game initially that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on this one. And see, I, and I, like, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure they didn't kill off Captain America and it's not going to be too long to unlock because they're not going to go far so far to hire Norland North to do the voice of Captain America and then not utilize his voice. Well, unless well, it's all in thin flashback scenes. Yeah, unless they're all flashback scenes. Yeah, but I, I, I really doubt that they're going to come out with a Avengers game and kill Captain America off the start and leave him perm dead. Well, yeah, I, I think eventually he will be Oh, no, he wasn't really dead. But it, it's just, you know, those are my Avengers that I like, and you don't get to play them right away. Is Hawkeye, uh, I'm looking up right now, is is he day one DLC? Uh, that I don't know. I just know he's like the first DLC character, because they've already announced it. Uh, okay. According to Polygon, which I hate this fucking site. The headline is Hawkeye is Marvel's first Avenger post-launch hero. Uh, I'm just looking to see if they have a, a release date for him. Uh, okay, it doesn't say uh, release date for Hawkeye. All right, and uh, the other game I've been playing, I played a little Division 2, not much. 
Uh, and I'm also start still trying to work my way through Uncharted 1 on my work PlayStation. Uh, I had to I had to restart over because uh, I realized I was playing on normal and I wanted to play it through hard. So I actually got 80% of the campaign done and restarted. I want to unlock the uh, unlimited ammo and one shot kills. You can only do that if uh, you play it on you beat it on hard. If you're enjoying this, please be sure to join our PlayStation 4 communities. We have one for the site, Proven Gamer. One for the show, Trophy Whores. Remember that whores is spelled with two Vs because Shuhei Yoshida won't let us say whores on the network. And when you get a shiny new Platinum trophy, be sure to post it in the Platinum Guild. Yield may or may not give you a shout-out in the next year or so. Trust us, it's worth it. But is it worth it, though, if you're not going to get the credit for the next year? Uh, we're, well, we are currently in August, and Yield is two shout-outs behind. Only two? Well, you did do one in March, and you didn't do one in June. Okay. You're coming up on your third one. Okay. Are, 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 are these shout-outs going to come anytime soon? I don't know. Are they? If you're looking for additional ways to support us, you can always stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash ProvenGamer. No matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it helps pay the bills and is greatly appreciated. And it's the only way to get the newest podcast, Tricky Thoughts, where Tricky sits down and discusses current events, social issues, and much more. All right. So our first two topics are just basically confirming uh, some things that we already know. DC Fando is going to include the first look at WB Games Montreal's possible Batman game and uh, Suicide Squad and Kill the, Ju- Kill the Justice League. So we've gotten confirmation that both uh, WB Games from Rocksteady and WB Montreal will be at DC Fandom. Where, so where do we get that news? Where do we watch the stream? No, no, no. Or where where do we, we get that news? You're, you obviously didn't get that news when you woke up. You got it from a source. Yes, I got it from IGN. Thank you, Yield. I was going to work that yeah, into the Yield. next... I'm not Yield. Yield is his own person, but I'm not... Alex, sorry. I, I was going to work that into the next... Thing. You you know that I have cut out topics before because you didn't cite your source, right? I did I did not know that. Yes. All right. If you don't cite sources, they don't go in the show. This is coming from IGN. Uh, so, if you want to watch the uh, the reveals, they'll be doing a panel on August 22nd. 5 p.m. Uh, as to where you can watch them, I'm going to update you in a future show because I don't think it's. Is anyone else getting Batman fatigue? No, I'm 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 highly anticipating both of these. I mean, I I just bought a board game the other day with some of my uh my Christmas money. Uh, the the Rogues Gallery game where you actually play as the villains of Gotham City and you're trying to take down Batman. But um, watch play uh DC Lego Super Villains. What's that? I said, why don't you just buy DC Lego Supervillains? Because I don't like those games. Like I, I, I didn't like. I played uh, DC, uh, the the one with the supervillains, or I guess it was Batman, or was it Batman Two? Lego Batman Two, DC Supervillains. Was two supervillains? I guess it might have been three. But I bought, I bought another. I love the first Lego Batman, and then I bought the second one, and I was like, man, I don't like this so much. So. All right, and the next bit is, next story we have also coming from IGN, which basically all these articles are from IGN except for one, which I didn't put in the agenda, and I'm going to spring it on to the boys later. Uh, EA Access and Origin 
uh, or access basic to become EA Play. Uh, they're going to combine into one uh, unifying service. So if you are a PC player or you play uh, EA games with the, you know, EA Play or whatnot, it's all going into one name and it's all going to be rebranded. So uh, not much will change for the services. They will still offer, offer access to various titles, giving early access to games and provide a 10% discount for members. However, EA promises that even more will be added in a couple months. In the coming months for subscribers, including, quote, exclusive in-game challenges and monthly reward drops for members on select titles. I'm going to be honest, because that that service is kind of their answer to Steam. I, I'm i surprised it's EA Access is still around. Fair enough. I mean, I, I have EA Play, but that's only because uh, I, I got it for $15, and it allows me to play the NHL game when it comes out. I don't. I just don't know what games EA is coming out with that anyone would care about. Uh, I mean, I know they have their sports titles, their licenses, but other than that, what else does EA have? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, EA Play Games. Not much. We did this before. Uh, on a previous show. Uh. Uh. Well, Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, yield your sin that. Yeah, I'll get that one. And I played, I played Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, both of those games were free in the EA Play. So if you paid fifteen dollars, you get both of those games for free. Okay, well, for, it's more than fifteen bucks a year. There's no way they're giving away new games for free for fifteen bucks a year. No, I got a year. Well, no, a year is generally thirty dollars. I I happen to get mine for fifteen. I would just, I would expect it to be more than that because, I mean, if you play enough EA games, thirty bucks, and you essentially, I mean, you would think that paying for the service and just if you wanted one Star Wars game like that, you sign up for a year, you get the Star Wars game, and then after that, you you know, after the year's up, if there's not another Star Wars game coming out the next year, you just drop it. Uh now as far as non-sports games, obviously Star Wars Squadrons, Rocket Arena, Command and Conquer Remastered, Jedi Fallen Order. Need for Speed Heat, Plants vs. Zombies, Sea of Solitude, Anthem, Apex Legends, Command and Conquer Rivals, Battlefield 5, uh, Unravel, Unravel 2. Uh, and that's all they're showing because I want to hit more. It broke down to other categories. But yeah. The, Unra- the so, Unravel games are pretty cute. I like those. They're fun puzzle games, especially in co op. Yeah, but what my listen, I'm not advocating for EA Play, but if you have $30. And you're going to play more than one game. I mean, even if you play just one game, you're already saving your money for that year. Plus, you get access to all the other games. So, Now, granted, Apex Legends is a free-to-play game. So is Anthem, I believe, now. Anthem? No, I think you still have to pay for Anthem. But, you know, for $30, you get access to all these games. And then uh, one of Yield's favorite games, I can't remember the name, but No Way Out was is on there, too. And like I said, I pay $30 just to play uh, the NHL game when it comes out. All right, so our next topic, also coming from IGN. Uh, The Last of Us 2 has added a permadeath mode, grounded difficulty. As teased by a pair of trophies added to the game, players can now earn two new rewards, one for beating The Last of Us 2 with permadeath enabled, another for beating the game on grounded difficulty. These two trophies will not necessarily earn the platinum, however. 
Uh, but yeah, they're DLC, they... they're DLC trophies, so that would not affect the Platinum at all. Alright, so Grounded is the hardest return, is return hardest difficulty mode featured in the original Last of Us. That version of Grounded stripped away several key elements for players to reduce resource availability and made foes more difficult to defeat. Meanwhile, permadeath can seemingly be enabled on any difficulty, and as the screenshot shows below, the Last of Us will keep track of which of what killed you, what difficulty you played on, and what aspect of the game you were tackling, and how long and to where you lasted. Additionally, Naughty Dog has added a host of graphics, audio, and gameplay modifiers that can now be included in your playthrough. These include Mirror World, Mirror on Death, Slow Motion, Bullet Speed Mode, Infinite Ammo, Infinite Crafting, Infinite Melee Durability, Infinite Listen Mode Durability, Infinite Listen Mode Range, One Shot, Touch of Death, 8-bit audio, 4-bit audio, helium audio, and Xeon audio. Those were things that they had added into Uncharted before. Previously, yes. like th- those audios. Additionally, more options have been added to the game, including some visual and HUD elements, which include film grain adjustment option, li- disable listen mode option, motion sensor function, function aim and option, arc throw HUD display option, Aiming acceleration scale option, aiming ramp power scale option, accessibility improvements to ground zero encounter and rope gameplay, and additional accessibility improvements. Now, Alex, I'm going to ask you this. Are you going to go through the game on permadeath? Well, I, I did not go through the game, the original Last of Us, on grounded difficulty. I got the platinum and I did not do the DLC. Well, I did the DLC, the left behind DLC, but I didn't do the, the difficulty one they added. So... They took away my 100% on that, bastards. But, I, no, I'm not doing these difficulties. Like, I can understand. I, I With something like Grounded or some, like, extreme difficulty, I don't understand why anyone would want to play that. Because I just enjoy playing a game on the normal difficulty. If there's, a, like, a thing like, we'll beat the game on hard or something like that, okay, yeah, sure, I'll try it. But for just, like, no reason playing through the hardest difficulty, like, I get wanting to challenge yourself, but at some point, like punching yourself in the balls isn't fun and frustration doesn't do you any damn good permadeath like people i've seen people be like well why why would you ever want to play this and i'm just like why would you ever want to play grounded like i i, I mean either one like i get you're challenging yourself with both of them but if you're gonna like okay permadeath then why would you knock or if you're gonna okay grounded why would you knock permadeath now, I, I don't know if you caught it, but permadeath can be played on any difficulty. So you can play it on easy. Or very easy, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm not playing, like, my, my PlayStation 5, 4 games like I'm, like it's an NES. Like, I die and I go back to the beginning title screen and I gotta start again. Right. I like, I just want to be clear. They're not linked together. Like, you don't... Permadeath is not only available on Grounded. You could do the two modes separate. Well, yeah, you'd be a madman otherwise. Well, that's that. Uh, that's the main reason why I did not get go back and get the platinum in the first of the Last of Us is because I did not want to play that game on Survivor mode. And I, I get that, but I mean, gr- grounded is a step above Survivor mode. Yes. Moving on to our next story, I just lost the agenda. There we go. Uh, Control will only get a free next gen upgrade from the new Ultimate Edition. This is also coming from IGN. Existing owners of Control on console won't get a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 or Series X versions, but those who buy the, a new Ultimate Edition will. 
The Ultimate Edition was announced today and will be released on Steam on August 27th, followed by the Epic Game Store, PS4, and Xbox One versions on September 10th. It will come from, with all previous upgrades and both of the game's expansions. Alongside the announcement came the news that those who bought the console versions of the Ultimate Edition will get a free digital upgrade to the PlayStation 5 or Series X version of the game, but those who already own the game on console will not. A product FAQ for the Ultimate Edition makes clear that the free upgrade path to the Series X and PlayStation 5 version of Control is only available for the Control Ultimate Edition. The FAQ also confirms that the next-gen versions of the game will arrive digitally by the end of 2020. Now, uh, I bring this up, gentlemen, because we've been told that basically uh, with both systems, you're going to, you know, it's going to be back as compatible to the last system. I, my question that I pose to you two gentlemen is, is this a big deal that they are not releasing a upgraded version of Control because we're still going to be able to play the games on, you know, the PS4 and Xbox uh, Xbox. X, Xbox One X versions. I mean, I I don't know. I think when a lot of people bought Control, that they were not expected to be able to upgrade the game to the new generations. So, I mean, a lot of people probably bought the game just thinking that they would play it on the current consoles, the, the 4 or the 1. So, I don't know. I don't think it's really that big of a deal. No, it's not a big deal. But gamers just need to quit whining. Like, this is, like, how many generations previously have we been able to upgrade from one ga- one console to another buying one game? It's never. never really happened. So, just because it's been announced for the next generation consoles and this one particular game isn't going to do that, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, eventually you're going to have to buy into the next generation consoles. And we've bought consoles, we've we've graduated to new generations without having a library of games to play on it, so. Well, see, th- this is my... I guess my first world problem is see like games like I play like Rock Band. Is that automatically going to be compatible with the PS5? Or they're going to have to release a PlayStation Five version of it? And if they release the PlayStation Five version of it, are they going to have to remap every song that I've ever bought digitally? And if they don't do that, are the songs going to be available on the PlayStation Five version? Like obviously, I, this is all first world problems, but this is something you know to that we need questions to. Also. Like the Division Two, is that going to be upgraded to the PlayStation Five, or am I going to have to keep my PlayStation Four hooked up so I can play the game? Well, also Ubisoft is one of those game companies that's not raising the price of their games, so I don't think they're going to focus on you know being able to bridge the consoles by playing like upgrading your game from one version to the next. All right, moving on to our next story. I don't. I put this in the agenda. I don't know if either one of you guys would be interested in this. But there is a new game coming out called G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. Starring Marlon Wayans. It's funny that you put that in there, because today, while I was messing around trying to my Deadlight game, I was like, man, I saw the other day there's a G.I. Joe game coming out. I need to look this up. And I looked it up and watched the trailer. And I got all the nostalgia feels. The only way this is going to be any good is if it's in this style of the cartoon from the 80s. It's cel-shaded. Okay, well, that's, that's, I, that's fine. But if they tried to do some, like, Spec Ops the line, like, Battlefield real-world graphics, I was like, nope, not not gonna happen. No, no, it it, it looks like the, the, the Borderlands cell shading. It didn't look bad. G. I mean, G. it didn't Operation. look great. You can go now. 
<laughs> Thank you. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout is a new team-based third-person shooter, and it's coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One on October 13th, allowing you to play as 12 characters across Team Joe and Team Cobra. The game will feature an 18-mission campaign in a single or local split-screen co-op and variety of PvP multiplayer modes. The campaign will be an original story based on the 80s comics, taking you to Cobra headquarters and the USS Flag, Multiplayer will include Capture the Flag, Assault, and King of the Hill modes. The game seems to be taking uh, the game seems to be taking something of a hero sh- hero shooter template, with characters each coming from unique powers, but customizable weapons and looks. Confirmed playable characters include Duke, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, Destro, Roadblock, and Storm Shadow. So, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they are taking from the the 1980s cartoon and licensing as opposed to just like trying to make these real world characters or come up with new ones because that's that's definitely not going to work so i mean this can definitely like it hit on the nostalgia bone for yield i think that can do that for a lot of people especially since a lot of people who grew up watching gi joe you know have disposable income now and can go out and buy a game like this and you know since you know transformers is is a is a series that's been kind of flogged for movies and video games for a bit but gi joe you don't really see that yeah they had the terrible gi joe movies from the early 2000s but video game wise you haven't really seen much of that so i mean this could maybe be the right time to hit all right yield you you really interested in this game i'm gonna keep an eye on it i mean the trailer didn't look bad i mean i but you know trailers can look good and then when you see gameplay trailers you're like no so i you know show, show me the gameplay trailer and and we'll see. The forty dollar price point is always nice. Yes. Yeah, especially with news that we'll be moving some games to seventy dollars next year, or uh, when the new consoles come out. Well, all, only two K has confirmed that so far. Which, I mean, we've had what two, three generations where it stayed at sixty dollars. That's fine. Stay at sixty dollars. Yeah, it's been sixty dollars well, I mean, since PS Two, right? Were were they fifty or sixty on the sixty four? Thought? I thought they were fifty. Actually, I thought I think they were seventy. No, they weren't seventy. The video games have never been seventy. Yes. No, they have not. Hold on. N sixty four games price. I, I believe they were seventy dollars. There's no way. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly thinking so. Uh. Okay, hold on. This is giving me. And 64 games at launch. There we go. Uh, okay. Uh, this says first party and 64 games were $60. Told you. They've never been 70 That's why Take-Two saying that was such a big deal. I Hold on. Third party were 50 It's like Disney movies, man. Disney thinks they can charge so much more for their movies. I, I, I Okay, I remember paying $70 for a game when I was a kid. Then you are a fool because you probably bought it in a back alley from some guy in a raincoat. All right, I, I, I'm I'm going to stand corrected, but I distinctly remember paying seventy dollars for like Mortal Kombat. Maybe it was for the Super Nintendo. I don't know. May, did you buy it off eBay or something? No, I mean, because every year for Christmas, I would get money for Christmas and I would give it to my father, and my father would go to the store and buy the game. And I always gave him, I, I, I'm, I want to say it was seventy dollars, 
Maybe maybe he charged shipping and handling. Yeah. <laughs> um, he went to the store and bought himself a couple Gatorades with the extra ten. Well, I I really believe in games for seventy dollars back in the day. I'm not running across anything that says video games. I, I I'm not either. But I'm I, okay. I'm gonna say I'm wrong, but I distinctly remember paying seventy dollars for a game when I was a kid. All right. And our last story here before we go into our topic of the week is Spider-Man Miles Morales will get a full arc in the place in the Spider-Man PS5 game. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for uh, Spider-Man PS4, but it's not really a spoiler if you follow the comics in any way, shape or form. You mean Miles Morales is Spider-Man? I didn't know that. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man introduced Miles Morales as an occasional playable side character who's taken under Peter Parker's wing. The core game ends with Morales being bit by a new radioactive spider, while the DLC packs feature him taking his first steps as a superhero. Speaking to Entertainment Weekly, game director Brian Horton explained that the upcoming spinoff game is designed to finish the story that the first game started. Quote, this is a full arc for Miles Morales that started in Spider-Man on PS4. We are complete. We really are completing this hero's coming of age in our game. It's a complete story. Insomniac has already hinted at a full-fledged Spider-Man 2 and said, quote, We still have much of Peter Parker's story left to tell, but it feels as though Miles will be a trained superhero in his own right by the end of his starring role. So, there you go. We're going to get a full Miles Morales story. Their messaging, and maybe not just Insomniac, but Sony's messaging on this was really poor from the start, because when they showed this, no one could understand what the hell it was. Like, whether it was a full-size game or, like, a downloadable add-on. I mean, with Horizons 2, you're like, you know exactly what that is. That's a full-fledged sequel. But even in the days after of Miles Morales, people were still questioning whether it was a piece of a bigger game or the own, its own game itself. So, I think Miles Morales is definitely a Spider-Man character who deserves a full-fledged title. So, I'm glad that they're they're kind of making a full story arc for him. But, like, Sony's messaging and marketing on this has been sour from the start. And I think that gives this game kind of a negative tint to it. I, I think, and it, correct me if I, you guys feel differently, what I would equate this to being is uh, Spider-Man was Uncharted 4, where this Miles Morales game is basically... Um, Lost Legacy. Why would they put out a first light-esque Spider-Man game at the launch of a 5? It's a way. It's a way for people who don't want to commit fully to a full game. Like, say you didn't want to buy Infamous Two, but you like the idea of Festival of Blood, or you didn't want to buy Second Son, but First Light was kind of right up your alley. It's. I mean, it's a way for people who didn't buy the first Spider-Man game to get into the universe. If they were going to charge, it was. If it was going to be a smaller game or an add-on, and people could pay less for it, then it'd be a way to get them in before Spider-Man Two. Okay, I guess I didn't look at it that way. But correct me if I'm wrong, but from all indications, this is a full-fledged game. No. This is... Well, yeah. Okay. Yes, it's a full-fledged game. Okay, let me let me read the next part of this article. It says, Elsewhere in the interview, Insomniac reiterates that Miles Morales' game isn't a formal sequel to the first game, and that it's a, quote, shorter spin-off likened to the scope of Lost Legacy game in the Uncharted series, end quote. Horton adds that the decision to have the character start in a shorter game was a way of telling his story in an impactful way. Quote, when we started crafting it, we realized that with a little bit more of a compact storytelling style, 
we could tell a very emotional, impactful story that will fit really well as an experience that will take Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales and do justice to this character, end quote. So, from my understanding, it's a full-fledged game, but... But it's not going to be the length of the first Spider-Man game. Correct. Now, the next Miles Morales game will probably be the length of the next Spider-Man game because it's going its own arc. Would be a good assumption or good speculation. From the way I'm understanding this, and I could be wrong, is we had Spider-Man. Now we're going to get Miles Morales, which is going to tell the story of Miles Morales in the full arc. And then when Spider-Man 2 comes out, Miles Morales and Peter Parker will be major roles in the game. It's not just going to be Peter Parker. No, see, I, that I didn't pick up. That I mean, that's just the way I'm taking this. But I, I you know, 100%, I could be wrong. They could leave Spider-Man 2 just as a Peter Parker game and then go on a full-foot uh, spinoff with Miles Morales. But I, I, mean, don't see, I don't see the point of, well, I, I, I don't see a point of just kind of introducing Miles Morales in this way and then just getting rid of him. I think that in some way, especially with like the success of uh, the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, I think that it is in their best interest to introduce, you know, at some point, multiple Spider-Men. Well, I mean... We like take Uncharted for example, because this is being compared uh, compared to Lost Legacy. Now that Nathan Drake's story is done, that the Uncharted may follow Nadine or Chloe for in future Uncharted games, where I see Miles Morales being done the exact same way. We're getting a Miles Morales game that eventually will spin off in its, into its own spinoff. Yeah, but I mean, like with how many Spider Game Man games do you think they're going to make? Because with um, how big to the universe Peter Parker was, they're not going to just dump him after two games, I don't think. No, I'm, I'm, they'll probably keep going with Spider-Man games and they'll keep going with Miles Morales games because arguably Spider-Man, well, not arguably, Spider-Man is by far Marvel's most popular character. I mean, I get why. He's cool. Miles Morales, for all intents and purposes, is probably more popular than Peter Parker. So, I think both series, if they go this way, which there's no confirmation there is, if they go this way, I think both of those series could be highly and usually successful for Insomniac. Or they just release two different Spider-Man games per year. Fully capitalize on the license. <laughs> really go Ubisoft style. Assassin Creed this thing. Do, well, no, what I'm saying is do, do it like uh, Call of Duty. You know, release a Peter Parker game this year, Miles Morales next year. Peter Parker again, Miles Morales. Let's keep going back and forth. I would like Insomniac to do something besides Spider-Man, so let's not do that. Yes, so would I. Yes, let's not do that. Well, listen, if they're getting that Marvel money, maybe they can spit off and, you know, pump out a Ratchet and Clank game as well. Maybe, They uh, are pumping out a Ratchet and Clank game. No, I'm saying... Yes. I'm saying every year. Or maybe we get Sunset Overdrive too. now that we own the rights... They they own the rights to Sunset Overdrive. We We were one Ratchet per year back on the PS2 days. Let's not go back to that. Let's just pop them out every few years, and then let's just put them back. And then just let them, you know, ferment and age, and we'll get one in three years. I'm, I'm fine with that. But every year, like, let's let's not do that again. All right. <laughs> let's move on here. Yeah, I guess Tricky's Trophy Count couldn't take that. We are proud supporters of Extra Life. Extra Life is a charity organization where we raise money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. You can make a team, join a team, or play by yourself for your local hospital. Every year, we do a 24-hour, sometimes 25-hour marathon to raise money. This year, it's November 7th. 
be sure to stop by extra-life.org to check out how you can join and help out. If you want to join our team, just look for Proven Gamer when registering. Even if you join a team, you personally will still be raising money for the hospital that you choose. If you want to donate to us, go to tinyurl.com slash provengamer2020. That's tinyurl.com slash provengamer2020. And you can search for our team members there to donate to their page. Play games, heal kids. Why is it got to be tinyurl, huh? Why is it got to be tinyurl? Yo, I'm sorry, I hit the button while you were speaking. What did you say before it got, you got cut off? I don't remember. All right, so let's go into our topic of the week. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about this already, but basically Epic and Apple are fighting. Yeah, I saw stuff on Twitter about that and then decided, you know what, I don't really care. Well, I, I think this matters uh, in the grand scope of things. Take Fortnite out of the, the conversation, and let's just get down to the brass tacks here. This article has come from IGN. I'm going to read this basically its entire because it's a short article, but go give it a click. Uh, Epic Games has permanently lowered the cost of Fortnite V-Bucks by 20% across all platforms, including adding a new, quote, direct payment option on mobile, calling out Apple and Google's exorbitant payment fees in the process. The Fortnite Mega Drop is explained in further detail in the FAQ from Epic. On PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Mac, and PC, V-Bucks and real money offers are automatically discounted by 20%, meaning that 1,000 V-Bucks will now cost $8, down from the original $10. Mobile is a little different, where players can still buy using Apple or Google accounts at a higher price, but will now offer, quote, epic direct payment, end quote, when purchasing V-Bucks on mobile to save the 20%. Epic explains that this allows the company to bypass the savings to the players, Norton, the exorbitant 30% fee Apple and Google collect on every V-Buck payment as a reason for the alternate discounted payment method on mobile. In the future, Epic is open to altering the deal, quote, if Apple and Google lower their fees on payments, end quote. Epic also made it clear that this direct payment option is just as safe as any other alternative. Quote, in operating Fortnite on open platforms to operate an Epic Game Store, Epic has processed over $1.6 billion of direct payments successfully and uses the industry's trusted encryption and security measures to protect customers' customer transactions. Uh, there's been an update to the story. It says, uh, Epic has confirmed that if you spent real money on Fortnite in the last 30 days, meaning July 14th to August 13th, you will be given a 20% of the purchase total in V-Bucks. All active players will now be given the shooting star pickaxe for free. So that's the whole article. Like I said, go check it out. It's an article on IGN entitled Fortnite Lowers V-Buck Prices, Calls Out Apple and Google's Exorbitant Mobile Payment Fees, and is written by Jordan Oleman. So, okay. So, gentlemen, the the question here now is it, it, business reasons why is Epic doing the right thing. Well, didn't Epic file a lawsuit against Apple? I do not know about a lawsuit. I because can I Google think, that. Didn't Apple remove Fortnite from their services? Yes. Uh, okay. I, I did do that. It wasn't in this article. Apple has removed Fortnite from... No. I don't, I don't think they can because... The, I, okay, I don't know about Apple, 
But as far as an Android goes, I couldn't download Fortnite from uh, the Google Store. I had to get it. I had to download an Epic's Game Launcher and get the game through the Epic app. Because I thought Google and Apple had removed um, uh, Fortnite. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, but outside of the lawsuit, I'm gonna get confirmation on that right now. Is Epic making the right move by bypassing Google and Apple's payments? Okay, well, here, according to CNET, uh, one of their, their headlines, Fortnite banned from Apple and Google app stores and developer Epic sues. Yeah, so so Epic is suing Apple and Google after the games were removed from the app stores. And I'm assuming that they were removed from the app stores in regards to them doing a more direct payment for V-Bucks as opposed to using Apple Pay and whatever Android uses through the app stores circumventing that and in in circumventing the payments that Apple would take off of that Apple and, and Google would take from purchases of V-Bucks through their stores. Okay, uh let me read this CNET article real quick. I'm going to try to go through as quick as possible cuz some of this is going to recap what I just read. Uh this is also coming from cnet.com and is written by Ian Sure and Richard Navarra. Uh Fortnite developer Epic Games is suing Apple and Google Play after both pulled Epic's hit game from the app stores over direct payment disputes. As of right now, neither are allowing users to download and install Fortnite on their phones through digital marketplaces. At the heat of the debate is whether Epic has the right to include direct payments in the service in its Fortnite app, circumventing Apple and Google's payment systems, and they're up to 30% charge Apple and Google Play uh, levy on each transaction. Epic suit alleges that Apple has, quote, has become a, quote, behemoth, seeking to control markets and block competition and stifle innovation. Apple is bigger and more powerful and entrenched in more uh, spaces than monopolies of yesteryear. Apple's size and reach far exceeds that of any technology monopolist in history. End quote. Epic's lawsuit against Google accuses the tech giant of abandoning its idealistic roots and says Android's claim that it's an open ecosystem is a, quote, broken promise. Quote, uh, continue quote. In 1998, Google was founded by an exciting young company with a unique motto, don't be evil. 22 years later, Google has, uh, regaled, re, why can't I say this word? R-E-L-E-G-A-G-T-E-D. Uh, its motto to nearly an afterthought, using its size to do evil upon competitors, innovators, customers, and users, and a slew of markets has grown to monopolize. Google has declined to comment on the lawsuit. Apple earlier Thursday had said it chose to remove Fortnite from its app stores because the game violated guidelines. Apple says it applies equally to each developer and that are designed to keep the store safe. Quote, as a result, their Fortnite app has been removed from the store, Apple said in a statement, adding they will work with Epic to resolve the issue. Epic enabled a feature in its app which was not reviewed or approved by Apple, and they did so with the express intent of violating the app store guidelines regarding in-app purchases that apply to every developer who sells digital goods or services. Google also okay, said... Well, hold on, hold on. You can stop reading because essentially yeah. Epic did not want to pay. They thought that they that Apple and Google were taking too much, so they created a way where people could in-app make purchases to circumvent the payment processes going through Apple Pay and Google. So Apple then and Google then banned them because they were basically their customers could then use an option to buy V-Bucks not through the, the, the app stores. Correct. So that I mean, yeah. So basically, everything I said. All right. So is so. Do you agree with Epic, or is the, are you on the side of Apple and Google here? 
I mean, obviously, Apple is hosting these games on their services, so they deserve some cut of the game. I'm sure Sony and Microsoft take cuts of sales when developers put on, you know, on Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network, you know, so that's that seems normal as far as it being too much. I mean, that's what Epic Disputes is, that's they're taking too much, 30%. I mean, I've never worked in the industry, so I don't know exactly if that's a time. I, mean, I mean, close to, I mean, you're getting up to half, so I mean, that seems like a lot. Well, well, look at it this way. Every 10 bucks spent on Apple, Apple's taking $33 of that. So you're already down to $7 before anything else. Well, and like Epic makes a point, like if they have to factor that into the cost of their games because, or their, their content, because if Apple's going to take some on top, then obviously that's probably going to raise the price for customers too. Right. So now uh, a season pass in... Fortnite costs a thousand feed bucks, which essentially was ten dollars. Now you can get that same Game Pass for eight dollars, so you're saving your customer two dollars. Well, I like Epic talking about like the monopoly that that Apple has when Tencent, huge Chinese company that has a huge sprawling blanket of ownership over there, bought a is giving Epic a lot of money because they bought like shares in Epic, like a huge share in Epic, but yet Epic doesn't have a problem with that. Like being being uh, having Tencent own part of them, and and Tencent essentially being a monopoly service in Japan, or sorry, not Japan, China. But then they're going to call out Apple for that. Well, well, Apple doesn't own Epic. That's true, but no, I'm talking about. You could argue that Tencent has a monopoly in China. Right, but you could also say that Tencent buying Epic. Yes, they're taking the cut of Epic sales, but they're also now uh, uh, there's a slew of technology that's now available to Epic that they can use within the company. The problem is that Tencent, how much of the market share they have in China and their their um, influence outside of China in like American companies in global companies. Like, that's my point. You, I, I if, get your point. If they're going to argue I don't, that I, Apple is stifling competition, should you argue that Tencent is in China? No, because I, I I think it's I think it's the same argument, but two different circumstances. Apple over here basically has I I don't want to say a monopoly on the uh, on the cell phone market because Samsung does give them a run for their money. Um, but well, there's also LG and a bunch of other companies. It's not just right. Well, I'm I'm just saying is when you hear about cell phones nowadays. Apple is the number one phone that you hear, followed by Samsung, and there's always the debate back and forth which one's better. I, I, like I said, I don't want to say Apple has a monopoly, but they are basically in the mindset of cell phones. So if you're going to sell your game on a cell phone platform, Apple is the place to be. Like, but, but, but there's a huge audience for Android, too. Look, my point is... They can't throw shade at Apple for having what they would call a monopoly and stifling business when they are taking a lot of money from Tencent. Who has a monopoly? I, like I said, I think it's the same argument, but two entirely different circumstances. I mean, if this, like, if Epic has an issue with the payment that they owe to Apple and, and Android, or Google, I'm sorry, then that's something they need to discuss with them. Because I'm assuming that that 30% applies to everyone who sells ga- who has a game on the app stores and not just them 
I, I, okay, let, let me throw another scenario at you, and like this is totally off the wall. Do you, okay, you guys obviously heard of Volkswagen, right? Yes. Do you know who Volkswagen owns? No. Alex, do you know? No. Volkswagen owns Audi, Bentley, Bugatti, Lamborghini, Porsche, Ducati, Volkswagen. They own all those companies. Do you want to say that Volkswagen has a monopoly or is it given other options? I think that's where it comes down to with Tencent. Tencent has a, a chunk in all these companies, but they're not. But but look at what Tencent it's not a monopoly. footprint in China and see how many options people have. Most people don't have options besides Tencent. Well, that's because it's China. And I'm okay, not trying but, to talk shit about China. But China's still taking but money from a company that's essentially a monopoly and then knocking Apple for being a, a monopoly. Or what they they call, would call a monopoly. Because China doesn't have the freedoms we do over here. Okay, but still, they're taking money from a company that is essentially a monopoly, but yet knocking Apple. Like, how can you do that? Anyway... Like, I think this should have been a discussion behind closed doors if Epic thought that they were taking too much money. and But do Apple and Google have a right to drop them because they circumvented the, circumvented the payment system? Sure, why not? Absolutely. So so you're on the side of Apple and Google here, Yield? Yes. Well, if, they bro- if they broke their terms of service, yes. If at, But if Epic feels that they were getting hosed, Kudos to them for figuring a workaround, but then don't throw a hissy fit because Apple and Google went, well, you broke our terms of service. So it's like, it's like, you know, I'll I'll give Epic credit for thinking of a workaround because they thought they were getting hosed. Like Alex says, if they, if it was that big of a deal, they should have talked behind closed doors, but they thought of a workaround. Good, good for you. Apple goes, oh, well, you broke our terms of services. So we're pulling your game off the store. Epic's throwing a hissy fit and suing them. You broke their terms of service. You really don't have a leg to stand on. Now, okay. I mean, it's basically like they're like, I'm not buying snacks at the movie theater. I'm going to go buy snacks at Target first and then take them in my coat to the movie theater. Yeah, and then you get caught and get thrown out of the theater. How dare you? I'm going to sue you. You threw me out of the theater. I bought a ticket. Well, you illegally snuck something into the theater. But in today's judicial system, we'll side with the ones that screwed up to begin with. I mean, you can make an argument either way. And I'll honestly, in my humble opinion, everybody knows how I feel about Fortnite. If you feel like you're getting hosed on mobile, then go play on console. Well, that that's going to be my next question. Is Obviously, Epic has put this way into the mobile market. You have to assume they've also done this on PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox. Do we think any of the big three console competitors are going to ban Fortnite? Well, I don't know. No one's throwing. No one's putting any articles out there saying that they've. Uh... Uh, but well, my answer is: there's no way in hell any of those uh, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. There's no way in hell they're throwing Fortnite off because they're making a shitload of money off that game. Now, here's my uh, my thing. Fortnite, in all intents and purposes, is a free-to-play game. So, is it right for Epic to turn around and say, we're going to have our game on your system, but you're literally not going to make any money off? Epic, what they need to do, if they're doing this direct microtransaction policy, they need to cut a deal with 
whatever platform they're on, whether it be mobile or console, and say, okay, you were taking 30% at this point, we'll give you 15%. Because it's not it's it's not really fair for Apple, and I'm just I'm just assuming Apple's the one with its 30% commission. It's not really fair for Apple to say we're going to take $3 for every $10 you make because that money adds up, especially with the amount of money that Epic is bringing in. But it it could also say that Epic agreed to those terms when they put their game on the mobile. So I I see it both ways because if if you owned a business yield Mm -hmm. and, and you were selling a product, and in order for you to put your product in, say, Walmart, and Walmart says they're going to take 30% of your sales, you'd be pissed off, too. I, I think that, like like Yildna said, this needs should have been done behind closed doors, and they should have brought their grievances to Apple and Google. And maybe they did at some point, and then their, the talks weren't successful, or they weren't satisfied, and they decided to have this workaround. I don't know. But you would figure that Fortnite, with how big it is and how much money it brings in, they have a bargaining chip with all these companies. And can renegotiate the rate, but like I would assume that they charge everyone the same rate, or like all the developers the same rate to be hosted on the App Store. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. We have the Proving Gamer app right now. The Proving Gamer app is free for me to put up on the Google Store. In order for me to put it up on the Apple Store, I have to pay a $99 fee every year to be what they call an Apple developer to put my put the app on the Apple Store. That is why the Proving Gamer app is not on Apple right now is because I don't want to pay $100 a year to release a free app. And I don't blame you. So, I mean, not only is Apple charging... Now, granted, okay, let me, let me be clear about something here. That $99 fee to Apple to put the app on the store gives me the right to put unlimited number of apps on the service. I'm paying Apple for the ability to publish on there, but once I pay that fee, I can put as many apps as I want on there. So in this case, Epic, they're paying Apple $99 a year, which I probably it's probably a little bit more uh, because they're a big uh, high-tech company. But just basing down to the, the, uh, the, the baselines here, Epic is paying Apple already $99 a year to put their app on their store. And then they're taking another 30% commission on top of that. Now, that may sound like small potatoes, but that shit adds up, especially when it's rumored that uh, that Epic was making like a million dollars a month. That means Apple's making 300 grand a, year, uh, a month off of Fortnite. Assuming that the million dollars Oh, you know what? That's not even right because it's not a million dollars just to Apple. It's a million dollars over all the things. But you can see that money adds up. And like I said, you like going back to the scenario, you own a product. If Walmart was to tell you they were going to take thirty percent of your sales, you'd be pissed off as well. Then you shouldn't agree to it originally. Well, I, mean, I like I said, yeah. See, see, here's what it looks like to me. You agreed to it originally. If it was, you agreed to it originally. Your game's taken off. You're making a shit ton of money. And I'm losing a shit ton of money to Apple. How dare they? I want to pay less because I'm making you a lot of money. It just sounds like two big companies that are griping over money. 
to me, I don't care. I don't, you, you, you guys can fight it out all you want. And you try to use the consumer as your, as your, uh, bargaining chip. Side with us. No, side with us. And whatever. <laughs> Alright, uh, I, I read a little bit more of the CNET article. I just, uh, I, maybe this puts more things into context and, you know, maybe nullifies what we've been, some of the things we've said already. Uh, it says Apple and Google are their developer guidelines protect users and ensure equal treatment of app makers who have made millions of apps for both platforms combined. Apple and Google critics, meanwhile, say the companies are too restrictive and that they take too large of a commission for their commerce on their platforms. In the last year, lawmakers and regulators have begun joining developers in this debate, pushing Apple to justify its up to 30 percent commission and its tight control over its platform while probing Google's behavior as well. Apple, in particular, has responded by citing a study it commissioned that says its fees are similar to those of its peer, with the notable exception of Epic, which charges 12% fees for its in-game store. Apple's commissions are, uh, quote, Apple's commissions are comparable to or lower than commissions charged by the majority of our comparators, end quote. Apple CEO Tim Cook said during a congressional hearing in July, end quote. And they are vastly lower than the 50 to 70% of software developers paid to distribute their work before we launched the App Store, end quote. So if I'm reading this right, it's saying Apple is literally only charging Epic 12% instead of it's up to 30%. I mean, can, like, are really that many people playing Fortnite on mobile? Like, you have to figure their bread and butter is consoles. I, I would, I would not disagree with that. I'm, I think the majority of people are playing on console or PC. Yes. I don't know. Like I, I kind of see Epic side, but I also, like I said, Epic agreed to these terms when they put their games on uh, Apple and Google's products. So, I mean, it's... I I I don't know who's right or wrong, but I I do see both sides. I I don't think that the mobile the mobile developer or mobile companies should be taking such higher percentage. But then again, you know, Epic agreed to those terms, so Epic's wrong for trying to bypass it now. I don't know. You guys want to make any final statements on this? No. All right. Moving on. We are proud supporters of Extra Life. Extra Life is a charity organization. Take that one out. I already did that one. If you're listening to this, we want to thank you. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, Game Stuff and PG Spoilers. All of the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all of the podcast apps on your smart devices, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, and Deezer. Be sure to leave a rating and comment to let us know how we're doing. All right, so we have some Facebook questions. Now, there was two posts up there because Alex didn't see the one I posted before. Levi uh, has left a comment, which turned into a uh, a thread here. Uh, Levi says, do you have any suggestions for the Loot Bros on how to keep their members from the, of the group from disappearing for months on end? I believe Little Brother needs some pointers from the Big Brother. Care to coach them a bit. Wait, so so he's saying that they're losing people? Their hosts disappear for months on end. Oh, the show. 
And he wants us, the big brother, to give the little brother, them, some pointers of how to keep their host active and on the show. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of always been their M.O. Like, shit goes on in life. I mean, if, you, if you've if never podcasted, you don't know how much of a pain in the ass it can be at times. And yes, you think, oh, we get together once a week, but, I mean, there's editing, there's other things. Like, I don't know, sometimes you just don't have the time or don't want to, to devote the time to a podcast, so... um Kudos to the people who do it regularly. But, I mean, the Loop Bros, like, they have kind of been on and off again all the time. So, it's just kind of their M.O. Yield? I don't have any advice. Okay, I'm just going to say, uh, hashtag get good. Oh, see, that, oh. What? That's, that's, uh, horrible. Never mind. It's like you play Fortnite every day. Yeah. All right, uh, Homer says your top five SNES games. Super Mario World, Mega Man X, Super Punch-Out, Donkey Kong Country, uh, and I guess Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. I can't think back that far. Mario Kart. There. Mine were Super Mario World, uh, Mortal Kombat, the entire series that was on SNES. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, and Chrono Trigger. And Chrono Trigger. There you go. Alright, uh, Homer's next question. What are your favorite game developers growing up? Uh, excuse me, what were your favorite game developers growing up, and why and are they still a favorite or relevant today? I mean, I always liked Rare growing up, because they had a lot of influence on the NES, on the SNES, and the Nintendo 64. Since Microsoft bought them, they are... I mean, they're still around, they're still doing things, but they're not as known for quality. They haven't had as many highly acclaimed games as they used to in the past. So, they've kind of had a little bit of a downfall. But, I mean, they're still out there doing stuff, so... Um, I mean, I don't know. Back in the day, it wasn't like you didn't have, like, your Naughty Dogs and your Sucker Punches and your Insomniacs. You just kind of saw it as, oh, Nintendo put out this game. Oh, you know, Sony put out this game. Yeah, see, that that was my initial thought on when he when I read this question. It was like, I I really, and we said this on the show before, like, when we were growing up, we didn't know. Developers. These, yeah, we didn't know developers. I, I would say the two developers that I remember growing up was Konami and Tecmo. Yeah, also Capcom for, like, the the... Chippendale Rescue Rangers games and Final Fight, Mega Man. See, I I, I remember uh, what's known as Square Enix now. They were called Square Soft when they were coming out with the Final Fantasy games on Nintendo and, and uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, I I remember Midway uh, responsible for the uh, all the they were NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, right, and. Uh, NetherRealm wasn't NetherRealm back then. It was something else. Was it NeverSoft? No, that's a different company. No, I can't remember their name, but I can look them up. But they they became NetherRealm when they were purchased. Right. It was uh, they were part of Midway. Right. I just don't remember. I don't remember who the developer like because I'm thinking of Mortal Kombat games. I don't remember what their name was then. Maybe it was Midway. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, those are my answers. Uh, Homer asked another question. 
if you found yourself transported into a Mega Man game where you were Mega Man, which robot master would you go for first? Yield, let's start with you this time, because I think uh, last time. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is uh Cutman. Alright, Alex? Um I'm I guess I'll say like my own favorite personal robot master, the one I f- remember first fighting back at daycare back in the day, Needleman. Uh, he's the one I always go after first in Mega Man Three because you get rush jet from his level. You also get an energy canister, and the needle cannon is a pretty badass weapon. Plus, Needleman himself is a challenging boss that you can beat without an energy canister, but you gotta have some skill. Uh, plus, I'm kind of bony, so I got my needly dagger arms, my, my elbows. If anyone comes at comes at me. And my answer comes from the best Mega Man game of all time, Mega Man 4, and that would be, I would go after Pharaoh Man. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dust Man, because you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I'm going to have a little trouble reading this last question, and I don't think either one of us is going to have a a good answer. If the Pathogarian Theorem is the determination... Pythagorean Theorem. Thank you. I told you I was going to mess this up. Is the determination of a right angle through the sum squared lengthies of other two sides, then why is Mario Kart the better kart racer series of all time? Because Mario Kart is the better kart racing series of all time. I mean, not to bring the Pythagorean theorem into this, but Diddy Kong Racing and Crash Team Racing are both better than Mario Kart. I would argue that Mod Racing Races was better than all of them. Little Big Planet Karting. No, I mean, like, I, I just think that there's not as much skill involved in Mario Kart. Like, I get why people have a love for Mario Kart. It was, like, the kart racer when we were growing up. Um, yeah, Diddy Kong Racing came in on the 64 and stole some of the spotlight, but I play Mario Kart, and it's just like, this isn't as fun. It's too rubber bandy. There's too much left a random chance. At least in Diddy Kong Racing with the balloon system, you could actually pick like a defensive or an offensive weapon and then build it up. And there was some more skill tied to that. But I played Mario. I mean Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on the Switch. You know, got Golden Mario, got through all the cups and everything, and it's just not as fun. Like the the racing's so nerfed. I don't like it. I hate the style of racing in Mario Kart. I I still love the the, the meme I posted about a week ago in the in the chat. You was the only one that left a comment. Uh, but I will say that the number one selling game on the Switch of all time for all time is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which <laughs> was a, a upped version of a previously released Mario Kart game that was released on the Wii U. So. so the meme I posted, in case you're not in the Facebook group, says, The only thing in this world I love more than my children is beating their asses in Mario Kart. Dad, let us win some, they cry. A thousand percent hell no. I've been training 30 years for this. I'll take a bullet for you before I let a Cooper, before I take a Cooper shell. Now nut up and pick the track you want to lose on. Yeah. Ain't no way in hell. All right. So that is going to do it for our questions. Be Be sure to follow us on all social media. Just look for Proven Gamer on Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to also join the Trophy Horse Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast in the group is where you can ask questions for us to answer on the show. You can also send an email at trophy horse at proven gamer.com or call us at three, three Oh proven nine. That's three, three Oh seven, seven, six, eight, three, six, nine. You can watch our videos on YouTube by doing a search for official proven gamer. You can also catch us 
streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And you can catch Tricky streaming for Extra Life every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv backslash Extra Life for Kids. And remember that it's the number four, not the word. Yeah, we really got to re-record those. Alex. Give a shout out to the fans, the fuel to the fire that is trophy horse. Thank you all for your continued support of the show. Uh, like we always say, you guys are the reason the show still exists because goddamn, we wouldn't be do this for 10 plus years without you guys. So thank you for always listening. Give a shout out to Tricky and Yield for recording tonight and uh, give a big shout out to Sucker Punch Productions because Ghost of Tsushima is an amazing game. I think it's the best game they've ever put out. Definite contender for game of the year. So if you haven't bought it, go ahead and play it. And give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. That is going to be the end of my shout outs. A shout out to the Pimps and Mouths of the Hordom. Thank you for downloading, listening, interacting with us. A shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. A shout out to Homer for the questions of the week. Shout out to Levi for the Be Legit side quest and the mic drop of naming me VP. Just to stick at the tricky. He did a name shout out. VP. Yeah, he did name me VP. Uh, a shout out to Homer and Alex for our Rocket League. We're, we're, we're getting good. I mean, we're not like tournament good, but we're getting good. Um, a uh, shout out to my wife for nabbing me. I took a leap of faith here, but nabbing me the uh, collector's edition for Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. So, yeah. Big shout out there. And did I get everybody? Yeah, I think so. If not, see you next week. Tricky, let's close this out. Can I do my shout outs? Yeah, that's what I mean. Thank you. Do your shout out. Let's close it out. Shout out to the listeners. Shout out to the goddess. Shout out to Sweet Mama D, who is uh, happy with her new Robux thing that they got from Twitch Prime, which is now Prime Gaming. Uh, so we're going to have to re-record those. And uh, if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. See ya. Save your ass, The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.